You are listening to Open Mic Spotlight with Heavenly Holt. Open Mic Spotlight features intimate conversations and performances with both local and touring musicians and artists. Take a closer look at all the wonderful talent and culture the Chattanooga music scene has to offer. Open Mic Spotlight is currently looking for future episode sponsors. Sponsorship benefits include spoken ads on episodes and logos and written ads on iTunes and social media. All funds go directly to the production and marketing of each episode. If you would like to sponsor or hear more details, please contact me at Heather Lee Holt at openmicspotlight.com. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic Spotlight. I am your host, Heather Lee Holt, and today we have Carl Caldwell. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Great. Awesome. I know Carl because he's producing one of my songs right now. Hey. Yay. And you probably know him as Summer Dregs. If you haven't heard of him, it's because he's kind of behind the scenes a lot. You want to talk a little bit? Yeah. It's really only been in the past couple of years that I've started producing, uh, collaborating with artists here in Chattanooga and beyond. I've been doing music for as Heather said, for a long, long time in Chattanooga and outside of Chattanooga. Uh, I've been in bands and I've done a lot of music for commercials for some companies here and also companies, uh, you know, outside of Chattanooga. So right now I'm focusing on producing and engineering, collaborating with other artists however they need me to. Sometimes it's just recording them. Sometimes it's writing songs together. Uh, that's kind of what I like the best to do. I still do the commercials no, music's a hustle. Yeah. And you are hustling at every facet of it. All the songs that you'll be hearing today are obviously pre-recorded studio work that Carl has done and collaborated with other people. And the first one is Inside Out, and this is a collaboration between you and Michael Johnson. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, he is an artist from New York. He's actually an actor. That's what he mostly does there. But he's also a singer. He's from here, and that's how I know him. And this song, I think his personality really comes out, and that's why I love it so much. He is silly and super fun, but he's also a, a, a deep thinker. Music is his way for both of those things to kind of collide. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit weighty. It's about adulting and how uh, it's not really what you expected, but it's still like kind of achingly beautiful and, and, and great to be able to make your own decisions and be able to like, you know, make your own bad decisions. Well, I really like this song Inside Out. I was smiling last night listening to it. So here we go. Sometimes it ain't perfect. Sometimes you need a little tinkering around. Sometimes it ain't perfect. Sometimes it ain't worth it Sometimes you wanna fold like a dollar bill Sometimes it's not worth it You gotta shake on it Do you gotta do my heart's inside
like it's working But only on the days when you're not around I feel like it's worth it And at times we deserve it Our skin's so thick we no longer bleed At times we deserve it started in music in the first place when I guess you're very, very young. Yeah. So I had a great high school teacher. Uh, his name is Jim Ward. He still plays jazz around And town. you went to high school here. Yes, I did. I went to uh, CCS mm-hmm. and he took the jazz band my freshman year. I guess you should say I took piano lessons up until then and I didn't like them. My parents made me practice. When, when did your parents put you in piano lessons? I was like, first grade so six five six mm-hmm. um yeah I really hated it and I did not like it and it, it wasn't until uh the summer before my freshman year of high school that um I started taking lessons from from Jim Ward and he basically uh made me listen to jazz and just said do that that was his he, I would remember the very first album he did that with was Giant Steps and he was basically like Here's some music, just do that. And he showed me some stuff too. And he would, but I, you know, I was coming from doing like little lesson, kid lesson books. Yeah. So I was just like, what is even happening? I joined the jazz band and then he took the jazz band, a couple guys to go see Herbie Hancock in Knoxville. Wow. And that is what really actually, uh, seeing Herbie Hancock on his Headhunter reunion tour just like blew my mind. He he actually that is a good teacher. Yes, because that chill bumps. yeah, that was it. Because he he like oh man, Herbie Hancock even had a uh, he played a guitar, right? So mm-hmm. I was a I was in high school and I was just like I had never even conceived of a guitar before. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just an amazing experience that that changed my life. That was when I was like I want to do that. You had an amazing teacher, which mm-hmm. I hear a lot about on this podcast. A lot of people who have amazing music teachers 
end up doing it more in life and end up going further with it. That's why I did. I had a really amazing high school band director. You know, it takes a real passion either for for teaching or real passion for whatever it is that they're teaching, you know, because Jim, I think, had a much had a very big passion for music, Mm -hmm. even more so than teaching. And that's what was infectious. We figured it out. I mean, we were in jazz band, but the the band I joined was made up of all the members of the jazz band. Mm -hmm. Our first band, we were playing what's JJ's now, used to be Jacob's Ladder, like two iterations ago. My mom was driving me to play shows Thursday nights. None of our fans would drink, obviously. Most of them couldn't get in. They weren't even 18. I wasn't 18 at the time. So my mom was driving me there. She knew the owner, Jacob Dill. She picked me up at like 2, 3 in the morning. After playing a show, that kind of stuff had like a big, had a big impact on me. Yeah. So you graduate high school and then you go to college. Yeah. Where did you go? I went to Covenant. It was the only place my parents would pay for. And at that time I was in a a reggae band and then I was in fusion band. And the uh, reggae band is still playing. Yes. It's only one member from when I was in it. Uh, When I was in it, there were 12 people. And the reggae band is? Oh, Malele Roots. Only one member from when I was in it. Uh, But yeah, it was a reggae band. I was in a fusion band. That that was the band that kind of toured the most. I was in that band for maybe five years. And I was in a soul band after that. And then I started doing Summer Dregs as a band. Mm -hmm. And Let's talk about Summer Dregs the band for a minute. Yeah, so Summer Dregs the band started out as a recording project that I got a grant for from create here which was the thing i don't think it's a thing anymore mm-hmm. but i got a grant to do a recording with a bunch of different artists and so that was my first experience collaborating in a non-band kind of setting it was my first like attempt at recording and that's really when i caught the bug to want to produce and collaborate and this is like a theme in in my life is uh something will pop up and you're like well i guess i'm doing this now yeah and i'm like <laughs> i guess i'm learning how to how to rec- how to engineer and produce now <laughs> Uh, I know it's super fun to do. It's it's not my best work. There's a couple songs that I, I still like off that. But there's it was me like experimenting with, you know, different sounds and sampling. Some of the beats are me like hitting a desk and a table and cutting that up. And the name of this album is From Gold to Green. And that is still on Spotify right now. I listened to it just a couple <laughs> days ago and I'm a fan of it. I'm glad you <laughs> like it. It's experimental. We'll put it that but way. But it's still like that time in your life where you're like you have you have to love it because you ha- looking back on it you're like if you think about what you knew then and what you know now. Oh yeah, yeah. I a- do every once in a while I think about just taking it off. But but there are a couple of songs on there like a especially I still really love that song is my collaboration with Stephen Nichols, and he owns a studio in Chattanooga. And then how did you tra- transition into music production for commercials? Fancy Rhino had been using my music for their commercials. They'd been licensing songs. So then I met with Drew, who's one of the owners, and I said, hey, if you want me to write songs for ads, because I'd often like remix my songs for ads, and I was like, if you just want me to write something from scratch, I can do that. And Drew was like, uh, I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> so I kind of just started hanging around the office, and one of the people there I was working on something and let me hear it, and I was like, hey, I can do better than that track you're using. And so I did it. And I did it a couple of times just for free. And then they started coming to me and, and then 
that's when I was like, I'm going to need a little bit of that money that you're making. So that's how that got started. Basically, I started working for them. I started working for Humanot. And then there's another company in Boston that started using me off of one of the ads I did. And it just kind of spread from there. The uh, sewing machine thing was a big one that I did. Bernina makes sewing machines. They hired me to make a song with all sewing machine noises. (laughs) <laughs> and then to perform it live at their sewing machine conference, what? which I did and was, it was amazing. It was like the most insane experience. Can you give me a clip of this so I can play it on the podcast? Yes. Yes, I can. And actually that same song, the pop-up project used to choreograph a dance. Was it the one in the, like the warehouse thing? Yes. With the dresses? Yes. Yes, I do know that is a good song. Okay, we're going to play that song. Here it is.
decreased or increased, lowered or raised, activated, engaged. Wow, that's pretty crazy. You probably didn't think at first, like, I'm going to make commercials how I make my living. It just kind of like evolved into that. Yeah, it just has to do with I say yes to things that I don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. And then I learn how to do them. And sometimes it almost kills me. But that's why I like love to do things, not just with music, but with with anything. I love those sorts of risks, those sort of artistic risks. Now that we've heard a commercial, we're going to go into another one of these collaborations. We're going to talk about Heaven on Earth. I wanted to remix Set, which is one of Swaybo's songs, one of my favorites of his. I said, can you send me those files? He said, sure. And then he sent me Heaven on Earth files. An accident? I don't know if it was an accident or not, but I got it and I was like, okay. It's before it was released. Okay. And I was like, I love this song. I'm going to, I want to do it. Then Johnny Balick heard my remix of his song and said, I love that so much. I want to sing on it. I said, okay. And that's kind of what happened. And it's actually my most streamed uh, song. That's not a commercial. Let's listen to it. Baby, love it, baby. 
So you're not only a musician, you're also a person with a life and a family <laughs> and everything else. That's uh, right. Talk about how that goes with you. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we've only been talking about one part of of my story, which is the music part, it's probably the most interesting part for other people. It's not always what takes up the most space in my brain. Although, you know, my wife might disagree with that. <laughs> I, I guess going along with, with a lot of this is when I started doing commercials, I started it right when my first daughter was born. And that was maybe n- not a good time to do that. But it's kind of how I deal with stress is to get even more busy and more stressed. So... I don't know. I love being a dad. Right now we're navigating schools. And you have two girls. Yeah, two girls, Vivian and Margot, seven and four. I love it. They really feed each other, uh, my music and, and, my, and those relationships. And I do feel like I could be the type of artist who would shut myself up. And I am sometimes. Where mm-hmm. I just shut myself up in, in my studio for weeks and not see anybody. And part of me is like, yes, like let's, let's like do that. But then I know that when I have done that, I don't come out happy on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I don't come out productive as a person. And I am really an advocate for saying like, yeah, but is it worth it? I think artists can have a tendency to be defined by their art. At least I have that tendency. And I need relationships, not just with my family, but I need to have friends that aren't in like music world, mm-hmm. right? And obviously I, I love my friends that are from the music world. But I need to realize and be reminded that life is bigger. Yes. And actually, the things that I love doing best, like the performances I love, are when I'm performing for friends and when it can be like a big party with mm-hmm. like people I know. When I released Body Language, my wife, you know, she's heard this song and snippets and heard me recording it. And, but she said, wow, now I get it. Now I really and I really love this song that you did. That means the most to me. I love people engaging that I don't know but people that I know that would not necessarily pursue knowing my art other than knowing me I don't know I love that kind of engagement I feel like you have you're really good at collaborating I've really grown into that aspect I feel like a lot of it goes back to the first time I tried to produce another band and we were talking about this the other night when we were recording it was actually in a band that Paul who I frequently collaborate now was in but at the time we started working together and it was like it's just not going to work out they were just like, we just feel like you're taking this in a direction that we don't want to. They were also young, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot of factors here. But I was kind of putting my vision of their work on onto the project. And that's not what they needed. And if I'm wanting to help people to succeed, I need to do what they need. And sometimes they can't articulate exactly what they need. And I need to help them along to figure that out. But that's what I'm there for. I'm there to support the artists. Sometimes that means I'm literally just recording them with like good equipment and mixing them. But if somebody comes to me and is like, I really like your music, like we're collaborating on a song. Mm -hmm. I like that aspect the best, but I'm not going to do that. And I'm always going to defer to the artist because I want, I want your vision. It reminds me of like a really good hairdresser. Here's a metaphor for you. Okay. You go to a hairdresser (laughs) and you're like, well, I want this. And the hairdresser's like, what? What is this person saying? Most of the time, person doesn't know how to really say what they want to do with their hair. Oh, yeah. Know? Or like their hair isn't made for that hairstyle. Yeah. So the hairdresser has to take that and make decisions based on what they're saying and be able to interpret it and give them something that they love. And maybe they didn't even know they were going to love it like that. Oh, that's, that's definitely absolutely right. And I got a lot of those skills doing commercials. 
And commercials I view as a job. It's it's like none of it is my vision. I'm just doing whatever they want. Some yeah. some commercials they do they do they are like we want you because of your music or whatever. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's like I'm very utilitarian. I'm working on one right now. They're like make it fanciful and creepy. Mm-hmm. Right? Not two things that fit together. But I have to interpret that. And I'm working with non-musicians who they say things that might mean the example I always use is is sometimes uh, they'll, there's one person who will tell me to like, this needs to be slower. That actually, to me, that means that they want to actually slow down. The tempo. Right, But the really tempo. they want less happening. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're using words, which are musical words, but they're using them more to paint a picture. And working with non-musicians, I feel like has made me just learn how we speak and communicate differently. And it's, it's made me a better collaborator with musicians. Mm-hmm. And part of being a producer, too, is not having a lot of pride and being able to say, like, yes, your vision is like something I would never think of. And that's like, let's let's do that. That's exciting. Throwing the ego out the window, which is good in every facet of your life, I think. Yeah. Well, it's good to have some ego. So you were talking about (laughs) Paul. And now we're about to play a song that you collaborated with Paul and Michael. And this is a new song. You want to talk about it? Play Pretend? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So this is a spiritual successor to Inside Out. Paul and Michael are on this song. It's another very silly song. We're going to do a silly video for it. But again, I do find themes cropping up with with certain musicians that I work with. And with Michael, he's going through some adulting stuff. So this is kind of like playing pretend, and it's about realizing you're a grown-up. You have these responsibilities, but it still doesn't feel like it's, it's happening. The first verse is about needing a chemical to get through your day. And the second verse kind of asks the question is like, is the art we're doing anything, is like taking a selfie any less or more art than like working for months on a song? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would say in most cases it it's not, but like I, I still feel that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Waking up, I make some coffee. I make some coffee, then I finished all the coffee that I made. Oh shit. Put on some shoes, make my hair, make sure my eyes are wide, and then I'm out the door. Okay. Gonna need a million coffee. The only thing that seems to make my day. That's sad. No, I got a million problems. One million problems for a man full grown. So I'm making my art, but my 
like it. Nice. I got a million reasons. Super fun. So you did not go to school for music. No, I did not. I went to school for psychology. Which is very interesting for everything we've been talking about. You can just feel that you know a lot about psychology just by <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> I don't know. Why do you feel that way? You just have a lot to say about the human experience and feelings and perspectives. and. Really, I did psychology just because it was the most interesting uh, and again, it was a great psychology professor at Covenant. There weren't that many that, that were like doing research and putting out papers, but the psychology professor was. And I've always been interested in that side of philosophy, uh, very interested in, in Freud and Nietzsche especially, and their kind of depth psychology. Depth psychology is like examining the base emotions, uh, the base drivers of humans. So that was kind of perfect. You know, I also did a minor in philosophy, and one thing I really I came away with is that truth, like whether it's a truth about our experience or whether it's truth about like general truth that's out in the world, is is best expressed in art because we don't experience truth as as facts. We experience it as emotions. Like what drives us are not facts. Okay. You have been in the chat music scene for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find those these days that I haven't had on the podcast already. Like, <laughs> you want to talk about how you have personally seen and experienced that change over the years? So when I started touring, when I wanted to get new exposure or new revenue or whatever for music, I needed to go outside of Chattanooga. And that's still somewhat true. But I starting, I'm starting to see musicians and artists who are successful stay in Chattanooga and choose to stay here, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. There are more Chattanoogans now looking at Chattanooga for for resources. A lot of the attention that Chattanooga music scene is getting is from the hip-hop that's coming out of here, which is a scene I wasn't really involved in until I started doing production work. 
you know, as a keyboardist, I was always in bands, but starting to do work in the hip hop scene, which kind of Johnny Baylett kind of kind of introduced me to that. And I've been kind of like making my way yeah. through. And it is really something special about hip hop in Chattanooga. Where can people find all of your beautiful works? Summerdregs.com is a good hub. So that's just summerdregs, D-R-E-G-S.com. And then from there, you can always click out to Spotify or Apple Music or watch videos on the page or YouTube or whatever. And you just Google his name, too. A lot of stuff will come up. Yes, that is right. And you have a fun, uh, exciting gig coming up. Yes. Everybody uh, loves the Honest Pint, St. Patty's <laughs> Day on the Parkway, by the way. I love it. It's awesome. And Carl is playing it this year, but with his collaborations. I'll let you talk about it in better English. <laughs> I rarely sing or, or talk on albums. I do uh, I do a little bit sometimes. But Michael Johnson is going to be in town. Paul is So Michael Johnson and Paul are kind of like going to hold down kind of like be the regulars on the stage and then we'll be doing heaven on earth with johnny balick and suevo and just kind of like make it a party Mm -hmm. so as every episode i would like you to give some advice to musicians or non-musicians anything you can think of that you would like to give out to the world so my best advice is uh i have a friend and and she has this quote on her wall and i don't remember the quote or who said it but it it's basically says that the world wants you to be successful. If you want to impress people, be successful, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's more important to focus on being fulfilled. And that can be look different for different people. And it can be weird. It can look strange. And I, I feel like that's something I need to remind myself. Don't define success how other people define success. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. Beautiful. So we're going to do your last song now. And this is Champagne, and this is a new release, too. Ish. Yes. Superbody, who was on a previous podcast, you can go find that. He is flamboyant and outrageous and a pop star and as unique as they come. Yes, he is, he's amazing to work with. We've done two songs together. The previous one was Hollywood, and then this one, Champagne. In terms of the songs we've played, this is the one that's the most him. You know, on this one, I did play most of the instruments and engineered and everything. And the version I'm playing, I don't think is a version that's streaming because I think he had somebody else master it. Or this is a version of, of the song. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Kate plays guitar. This is the most me at my engineering and kind of bringing someone else's vision to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Greg is Bobby. Bobby is like the best to work with. Like if he doesn't like something, he'll say like, yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. And if he does like something, he will be jumping around the room just being like, yes, that was amazing. Like, I want to die now. And that's just, he just brings a great energy to recording. Mm-hmm. And just to life in general. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's been great having you here today. Oh, thank you. All right. We're going to listen to Champagne. Oh, my God. Is that Bobby's super body? I got nothing to hide, just wanna be with you every weekend Flow on the flow, we don't gotta mean anything This love special, it's just not for every day
Talent you hear on Open Mic Spotlight. It would be a huge help.